Welcome listeners, you found Blurred on the Street, where three black women talk about fandom, pop culture, and current events. Episodes will be posted twice monthly, so please come back for more. Check the show notes for content and spoiler warnings. Please keep yourself safe. Find us on Twitter at Blurred Street, that's B-L-E-R-D-S-T-R-E-E-T, and on Instagram at Blurred on the Street. Thanks for listening. Hi, my name is Jenna, and I think coffee, books, and makeup are life. You can follow me on Instagram at phillygirljl or on TikTok at phillygirljlh. Hi, I'm Lily, and I run on flat whites and raspberry scones. You can find me on Twitter at Life. That's A-L-I-S-E-O-N-L-I-F-E. Hi, I'm Jillian. A matcha latte and my Nintendo Switch are never far from my reach. You can find me at Jillian.Corin on Instagram. So today on Blurred on the Street, we're going to get into talking about the first episode of Loki, um, the new Marvel show that is on Disney+. But before that, we're going to start off our icebreaker with... Name a person in any time from past up until now, up until the present, that you would time travel to in order to have a meal or share a drink with and talk. Okay. Uh, Well, this is Jenna. And... I actually have a couple people. They sort of all fall under the same umbrella. But uh, my people would be uh, Josephine Baker, Mahalia Jackson, and probably Sam Cooke. Um, I feel like I I could add some more people in there, but we're going to keep it easy because it's only supposed to be one person anyway. Billie Holiday actually would be my fourth person. I don't, I'm not going to add any more. That's it. Um, but uh, they're all influential singers that I listened to in my childhood because they were from my parents' generation of music. And so I just kind of grew up listening to the same kind of music they liked. This is Jillian. I would love to go to Jenna's cocktail bar. But... <laughs> I have my own. I would actually love to grab a drink with Marvin's Day. I think that would be so cool. 
and maybe if he's willing to do, I don't play an instrument, but I will go to a jam session with him and just vibe. But I just, I love him so much uh, myself. To continue this line of thought, and like this is all spontaneous, we did not plan this at all. I would like to say that because my person is uh, Bill Withers. Oh, yeah. Who, again, influential singer that my parents introduced me to because he was someone they listened to. I just want to vibe with Bill Withers, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I do find that interesting that we all picked yeah. Musical people. Just like yeah. off the top of our heads. Mm. Right. Yeah. I actually, I, I have to revise and say that I think it would all be cool if we did have one whole cocktail party and oh, all yeah. of our choices were there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Could you imagine like Sam Cook and right? Urban Gay vibing? What? Die. I know. I would be just set for life. Yeah. Right? That would be pretty cool. All right. Cool. You guys want to get into Loki? Yeah, let's jump right into Loki episode one. So we open with where we left off. Uh, I guess at the end of Avengers 1. We have that scene where the Tesseract flies out of the uh, hands of, I think it was Tony Stark, and then Ant-Man comes, future Ant-Man comes and kicks it across the floor, and then future Tony, I guess it would be 2021 Tony, picks up the case and then is immediately hit by the door flying open by the Hulk. And then the Tesseract flies out of the case, and then it hits Loki's foot, and then of course he picks it up and uses it to escape. So that's setting the scene. Right. I'd I'd like to add it's the door is is thrown open by the Hulk, who was mad that he was told to take the stairs. That's right. That is right. What capacity here? Would have probably. He would have probably uh, uh, used the elevator fall to the shaft. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just physics at that point. Right. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. I... I guess I want to start by saying I was worried that we'd lose all his character growth because he leaves in 2012. And that after Avengers 1 and before Thor 2 before uh, Thor 3 Ragnarok which he had a lot of character growth and development. I really loved his relationship with Thor um, so I was actually a little bit sad that we that he wasn't going to experience that um, because he left his timeline um, but what did you guys think about this opening scene where he's like well, he, he ends up in the Gobi Desert. And I loved it when he got on that rock and started, like, trying to immediately, like, 
reestablish his claim on Earth if he like wants to rule so badly. And then as soon as like somebody else comes in, so we get the the uh, hunters and the Minutemen. We don't know that that's what they're called yet. Yeah. So I was kind of confused about why he landed in the desert. You have to, like, tell the Tesseract where you want to go, right? Like, you have to know where you want to go, I guess? Well, I thought when that you... um, Red Skull in the first Captain America, he touched it, I think. And then he just kind of poofed, and we didn't find out where until Endgame. I don't know if he would have chosen the place where the Soul Stone is, though. Right. So I, I don't know. I'm not sure because I was thinking like, okay, the Gobi Desert is probably on, on the exact opposite end of the Earth from New York. Maybe it doesn't matter because in the TVA they don't even work in. So. Right. Maybe they, they don't work work <laughs> They just use them as paper weights. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, like one of the things that I thought about the stones was that they actually had a bit of their own sentience right so so if somebody touches the tesseract the tesseract is going to take something from their mind like a monkey's paw have you ever heard of that yeah yeah the tesseract and all the stones don't really experience time the way right. we do, right? Right. So who's to say that that Tesseract hadn't already lived through what we mm-hmm. experienced through the MCU already, mm-hmm. right? So right. it was <clears throat> there for a reason. It was in Loki's hands for a reason. Yeah, I agree. I um... Like, like uh, Dr. Strange... Knowing yeah. all of right, like there was one outcome. chance, one outcome, right, right. out of like right. fifteen million or something like that, right. Okay, so in the next scene, we get Loki. He is taken into the TVA headquarters, which is the Time Variance Authority, and he's essentially processed for uh, because he's a you know a variant. So now he's being processed to go face his charges in the courtroom uh, in some different area of this. We don't really even know. It's just like a building in the middle of some futuristic city. Um, But I'm curious to get you guys' thoughts on the set design actually, if you don't mind talking about that for a minute, because I found it like fascinating because it's pretty, um, it's a place that's like out of time, but also it looks like an old 70s style office. And the coloring I thought was very interesting as well to set the scene. It looks like uh, like a muted earthy tone. Um, so I agree with you. I felt a very like kind of 70s vibe with just the way the lighting and the way things were set up and the decor and everything. Um, didn't feel uh, as contemporary as I was expecting. I found it very like clockworky, 
it just reminded me of clocks and watches. I see. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Like the insides of, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see. So I, I, I had a different vibe, actually. Oh, okay. T- to me, it didn't feel 70s, more like 40s and 50s. The, the studios used to have like these golden bronze like decor mm-hmm. to them and, and they would have sets even though you were on the radio they would still kind of have like these ornate sets. That was the vibe that I got from it. Then you know at, at, we'll go into this a little bit more but they're they have like a program television program for you to watch that tells you, right. you know, why you're here and then why the TVA exists. The animation, I thought, on the screen for that was pretty, like, 40s, 50s style to me. Um, yes. So they're, like, kind of, like, uh, meshing all these different time, uh, times or decades together with the aesthetics. It is interesting that we are got a different vibe from it um, mm-hmm. because they are out of time, and maybe that is the point. One of the things that I think that sort of did um, follow through on me thinking of this is somewhere between the mid-20s to like the late 40s, like most of the decor, the aesthetic to me, that's what it got. What I got was absolutely the video because um, that was how the U.S. like distributed propaganda was they would have these like like kind of um cartoony type uh like like mini shows that they would show before movies that video um really really reminded me of the first jurassic park when they were showing the video of how they extracted the dinosaur dna i just i got that vibe so much when I was watching that. And it just reminded me of the thing in Jurassic Park where he goes, bingo, dino DNA. That's kind of the point of the, the propaganda that they showed that were where videos would be like this um, is, is because it distills like something that's actually quite complicated and nuanced down right. to this little like, you know, First you do A, and then you do B, and that's how you got C, you know? Right. Yeah, and then can I say, I got really, um, I was really troubled by the video, um, especially the, uh, in re-watching. They mentioned that you can get, you can create a Nexus event by just simply being late to work. And then you're right. a variant. I'm like, oh my god, really? It's down like who? And then you're like, who is deciding this? You know what? It also reminds me of an episode of Doctor Who called "Turn Left," which yes. sort of approached that whole idea of doing just one thing different oh, what, changes what everything. What doctor is that? That was Tennant. That was Tennant yeah. and Donna. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that episode. Yeah, it was. I have to go back and watch. Yeah, it was. It was. Um. So it, with the, Donna, the sidekick. Um. Mm-hmm. And Donna. Oh. And it was like, what if she 
hadn't met the doctor and her meeting the doctor was oh, all based I on remember that episode. making a left turn at this intersection right when she was like late to work or something i do remember that episode never mind yeah that, yeah. yeah yeah that's crazy yeah so uh, like this is not an original idea that they're playing with here on mm-hmm. um loki but i i do think it's interesting how they are starting it off because it really like i said it really sounds insidious to me like this doesn't sound like this doesn't sound like you know oh well where the sacred timeline is is you know for all our good it sounds like someone specifically wants a particular Mm -hmm. timeline to exist and no others is there is there is it like the wizard of oz where there's this one person behind, uh, I mean, uh, have- um, <laughs> behind a, behind a curtain that's making all these decisions, and like, how? What are they basing their decision on? Wizard of Oz analogy is interesting because they had those three big heads behind her. Yeah. Um, so like, <laughs> a lot of times in Wizard of Oz, the wizard appears as like this giant head, and then Dorothy finds him like behind a curtain. Mm-hmm. Um, making the uh, it's like a little man compared to that giant head. <laughs> but also, well, I had had two questions actually. So the first one was, um, in the like animated video, it says, uh, you know, all these timelines were warring for dominance, but then the time gods came and picked one and then said, this is the timeline. I'm like, hey, first of all, where did y'all come from? <laughs> he just popped out the woodwork and said, now we are in control. And I like, there's something there commenting about our current society. I don't know if I want to get into that, but there's something there. And then um, the next, and then the next one is like, well, we have in Spider-Man um, uh, Far From Home when Peter meets Mysterio and he like kind of brings up like oh these uh, things on my world were are had destroyed my world and then Peter's like wait the multiverse exists so it's like that was like kind of my my thinking was that was like the first time we really heard about the multiverse in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Um, I mean Mysterio was lying spoiler Mysterio was lying anyway but um it's still interesting to think about that. And then my main thing that I actually wrote was like my first note for the episode was, okay, the Avengers stole the, the, the stones in the past and that was supposed to happen. But Loki picking up the Tesseract was not, but at the same time, it's like um, the Avengers messed up the timeline in my mind by going back in time to get the stones to have another set of stones to defeat Thanos with in Endgame and so why did they decide that that was supposed to happen here's something that I thought about was that mm-hmm. maybe it was supposed to happen right right um, right this is it, only episode one we don't know where this is going right but but um what I'm saying is maybe it was supposed to happen because that was the only way that they could say that he violated the timeline. They had to yeah, get like, him to do something that mm-hmm. wasn't 
along the sacred timeline in right. order okay. to like maybe the end the TVA. Right. right. Like, I was just going to say, like, maybe their end game isn't that Loki wasn't supposed to become a variant, but that he was. Because okay, then yeah. they could control him. Right. 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 Because then I'm also thinking, like, about Captain America. He literally left his timeline. Then he also met, you know, uh, I've seen Agent Carter. She married somebody else. So that whole thing doesn't happen uh, because, you know, Steve comes. So Steve and Peggy forever. That's fine. But why isn't he a variant? Why isn't Captain America a variant? I also feel like um, it's one thing to say, like, we're going to remove a variant from the timeline because they messed it up it's quite another to say we're going to remove the avengers from the timeline because yeah. they made a shit well, show of everything well what happens when you reset things they push the button on that reset thing and then they took loki away and then we didn't see what happened after that reset thing was pushed i assumed that the reset meant that the timeline went back to the way it was supposed to that loki didn't escape right that right the that you know everything went back to the way it was in the previous mcu like he was out of time to begin with they couldn't have a third loki on the timeline um separate from the other two that were already there if that makes God sense. of mischief right right yep. because <laughs> also he couldn't go back to his original timeline if they've reset no. it then there's a Loki suit walking around in that timeline. Yeah. I wanted to talk about Gugu Mbatha Raw. Oh, she's fabulous. She's amazing. She's fabulous. And I do hope we see more of her as the judge. I really do. Yeah. Um, and Wonmi um, Masako is also amazing. Oh, yeah, too. she's fabulous. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I absolutely loved that they brought in the D.B. Cooper reference and to have him have Loki be D.B. Cooper. With, yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. I loved it. It made I loved more it. sense than that uh, HBO Max documentary that came out earlier this year it makes or it might have been last year uh it makes way more sense than the theories that they had in that one honestly (laughs) um and the only other thing i wanted to kind of quickly mention is that they kept like mentioning nexus events nexus events and then i actually rewatched wandavision over the weekend and one of the commercials that was in there was for a a pill called Nexus. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, stuff is coming together. Okay. They had some slogan for it. Doesn't the world doesn't revolve around you? Or yes. Does it? Or does it? And I was like, huh. Yeah. 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 So okay. That's all right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what do we want to talk about next? I had a quote that Owen Wilson said that I thought was so meta. Owen Wilson's character, uh, Morbius, says, uh, you weren't born to be King Loki. You were born to cause pain and suffering and death. That's how it is. That's how it was. That's how it will be. 
also that others can achieve their best versions of themselves. He leads up a picture of the Avengers, and I'm like, oh. So, like, it's like the comic book is aware of itself. So, I'm, like, thinking these timekeepers are kind of, like, comic book uh, authors. And, you know, the villain is always going to be the villain. But time and time again, Loki's kind of taught taught us that he's more of, like, an anti-hero. But, like, it seems like when he interacts with Thor in other movies, it seems like he wants to be good, but maybe he can't but then in Thor 3 I think he is like a good guy I would consider him a good guy in Thor 3 so I don't know I just thought that was really like meta I don't necessarily think that Loki as a god um, in the mythology that he was good or bad he was the god of mischief like in um... Whereas we, other other mischief gods like Coyote Anansi the spider mm-hmm. those are all other right i actually was thinking of um what's it called um shakespeare play oh puck yes he uh, he he was um to me i always got the vibe that in the mythology that loki was more of like a puck character he's a mischievous scamp he said, I'm a mischievous scamp. And I was like, oh, okay. You left him alone. Why did you expect right. that's going to happen? Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. And I heard, yeah. like, are you serious? So, so back to this scene when um, when he, you know, gets to see his, his uh, life mm-hmm. in the future. I don't know. I wasn't quite happy with it. And I will say, Jillian, in the very beginning when we were talking and you said you were concerned about him losing all of his character development, I was actually Mm -hmm. concerned about them sort of deus ex machina, his character development, because 2012 Loki doesn't have any of that. And if he did, I would actually be disappointed because it's not it's not 2012 Loki who should be there, right? He's not, 2012 Loki is not the Loki that is um, on the ship with the Asgardians when they get slaughtered by Thanos, right? That's right. Different. Totally different. It is possible that that was Loki playing Owen Wilson as he plays everybody. Like, you never know when mm-hmm. Loki's being genuine, right? And, True. And, and that's all those times when Thor says, if you were here, brother. He was there. He was there. He was there. He was there. <laughs> he was there. I know. <laughs> I know he was there. Yeah. I mean, I realize that this is this is kind of getting him into being part of the TVA, but I actually wasn't expecting it in the first episode. Um, and I don't know that he's completely like done a 180 watching the videos and seeing, you know, especially seeing his mother um, dying and knowing that it was the reason for that. I did not really pick that up in the Thor movie that Me either. Um, he had directed them towards his mother instead of towards Thor. He thought that he sent them to Thor. 
but she was actually just happened to be there, I think, his mom. Like, I feel, I, I definitely think I have to rewatch Thor uh, mm-hmm. and and see that scene again because I, I just did not pick that up at all. I just like that he admitted that he doesn't like to hurt people. I thought that was interesting. I, I don't know if I feel like that's true, though. I, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because I, I just, when he went on to say it, like, it adds to the illusion and, like, a desperate. But then, like, at the same time, Owen Wilson said that earlier in the episode. So I'm wondering if he was just kind of turning his words back on him. But I don't, I don't know. I kind of feel like 50-50 about that, like mm-hmm. I had said. I don't think Loki cares about whether this this Loki, this 2012 Loki, cares about whether he does or does not kill people. I mean, he summoned an army from outer space. Right. I don't, I don't know how, what other way he thought that was going to go and he made a deal with the mad titan like how how else did he think that was going to go you know um i just think he doesn't he didn't care and i think that people like loki Mm -hmm. um don't see everyone else as equal to them and maybe don't even see them as people Mm. so that's how it's easier for them to have a lot of collateral damage on their way to the top like 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 i feel like loki is way closer to ultron than he is to thor yeah yeah i think i would disagree with that he doesn't want to hurt people or doesn't want to kill people think that's why I want him to have the character development that puts him in the same place where he was at the end of this last phase of the MCU because right now he is not that person and he's not a good person right that's a good point Mm -hmm. first I'm sorry Casey was the highlight of the whole episode Oh yeah, we didn't discuss yeah. that. Oh, but, uh, no, next time. He, he next time. absolutely, he was a star. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I feel like that that actor was in something else that I've really he was in really Mandalorian. Liked. No, not the Mandalorian. I mean, I mean, like an he actual show, not. No, I mean, he, oh, he, oh, oh, I I'm not saying I'm not saying he wasn't in it. I'm just saying that's not what I would have associated him oh, with. Oh, okay. Like I mean, yeah, like an actual like a comedy show or something. Oh, like something like not something not science fiction or Marvel. Gotcha. I'm sorry. Oh, he was also in The Good Place. Yeah, like the, these. That's are the what I know him from. Him from okay. yeah. That's where I know him from. The Good Place. Yeah. Wait, he was in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Yes. Yes. I I was going to say that, but I was like, I think it was something more recent. But definitely, yeah, I remember him in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I'm I'm always one to suggest Crazy Um, (laughs) Ex-Girlfriend. I know you are. 
it's a it's a way more nuanced show than it seems like it might be because of the the title and the you know overall conceit and and talk about a show that has like clear character arcs over four seasons for all of their people oh. not just not just like the 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 main person right like for all of them yeah I I, oh, okay. I I think Crazy Ex Girlfriend is a brilliant show. So. All right, <laughs> All right. Like, I my endorsement yeah. okay. for a show that's not even on the air anymore. We're not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> clearly, clearly, it's not on the air anymore. But yeah. <laughs> so that was our uh, analysis of Loki, the first episode. <laughs> to end this. We are going to talk about if we were going to do a time capsule uh, today in 2021, what one item would we want to put in the time capsule so that someone 20 years from now would open it up and see? Right, I'm going to go ahead because mine is kind of lame. All right. But I was thinking something practical like a jar of honey. Okay. Might be cool because they said that they can last like, it can last like 3,000 years. So I'd be curious to see if it was still good 20 would, years from now. Would this honey in any way be indicative of our society? Like, would it be like organic Small bags. Oh, it would be local. Yeah, like, it would be local. local. Yeah. So just just plain old local honey. Yeah. Something okay. practical. So I'm not sure that I have a very specific object. Being part indigenous, I think I would want to put something in that represented my culture. I would want that to be carried out Um carried on through the years. As a people, we've gotten sidelined. Um, and that's something that I would not want to happen in the future. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my item would be a book. Anyone surprised? Always good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. My item would be a book, and it is a book called Hood Feminism by Mickey Kendall. Ooh. was a book that I read in um, 2020. Uh, and I read it right around the time that things started kicking off after um, George Floyd was killed. Um, and and that was also during the pandemic. And it is it's an amazing book. It's it's like a microcosm of all the things that Black women have been saying about feminism for decades and all the work that um, Black and Indigenous and other POC women have been doing um, all this time. Wow. While white feminism has grown into being just sort of a very performative sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Jillian. 
Hi, I'm Jenna. And I'm Lily. And this has been Blurred on the Street. 